You're listening to the Auburn Express. Powered by the War Report. All aboard the AM departure from platform 334, the Auburn Express. We're running on time and expecting no hiccups. Doing the work, hard work, to bring you the best Auburn sports content you'll find anywhere. Yep, free month. Now, guys, uh, let's just jump right in here. I want to get the show started uh, with some hope. Let's talk about hope first. Auburn started spring practice. Myself and B-Will were in attendance uh, to watch the five minutes of practice that they allowed the media to to watch. Uh, During that uh, 20-minute, it was a 20-minute viewing period, we saw some things. Uh, Ike, uh, you know, we talked a little bit. You know, I want you to get your thoughts on the start of spring practice here. B-Will and I will recap some of our thoughts, but well, it's just your thoughts first. Quarterbacks, wide receivers, linebackers, running backs, they were all out there. They held three guys out of practice. Um, Cam Riley among them, probably most notable. Uh, and when I say held out, he was in an orange non-contact jersey, but he was out there. Um, but tell us what you think about the start of the Hugh Freeze era here on the practice field. Yeah, I mean, I am encouraged by what the players are saying, which is that they like the staff that we have, right? Mm-hmm. They they feel like uh, some some players are are noted as saying this might be the best staff that they've ever encountered, which is wild. But loving the fact that they are doing that, um, I am encouraged by the energy that the coaches have said that the players have approached spring with thus far, um, and I am encouraged that it does seem as if we are going to. Though we have touted that it, it was the first time ever, we might actually, actually have a true quarterback competition this spring where everybody is able to go out there and compete for the starting job on even footing. And it's going to be great to see. Mm. An actual quarterback. Uh, I have some thoughts on that, but I want to jump down to B-Will. Like B, you know, yeah, I mean, you were out there, so you saw what I saw. You know, just kind of recap for the folks who maybe didn't see our morning drop, what you saw, and uh, <laughs> walk us through walk us through that twenty minute viewing period. I mean, it wasn't too much to see, but we did see that uh, so, something I already kind of pointed at. It's a QB competition. There was nobody getting like five percent of the reps. I mean, guys, everybody was throwing. Every wide receiver was out there taking snaps. Uh, I think it was really impressive. You don't okay. We got a you hear we got a six six wide receiver. It's like okay, yeah. It's like dang, this is a really tall dude. Like that again. That's that was the biggest takeaway from that twenty minute session. We like wow, this this is Martin. Yeah, like range is is crazy. So um, the quarterbacks were out there throwing. Nobody looked especially bad bad enough to where I was like, oh, I need to write this down because this guy's looking to like we didn't we didn't see any of that. I don't mm-hmm. think we're going to get to see any of that with how little they showed us <laughs> in this session. We're probably going to get like some 20 minute outset that's just, you know, bare minimum info, which is the coaches right in which you understand. You know, mm-hmm. they're doing the hard work behind the scenes, behind closed doors, but um, nothing too much to draw so far. There's nothing too much to draw from it. I think things are going to be settled at running back. Th- that pecking order is probably the only thing that is, I don't want to say it's predetermined, but right. the work that Jarquez Hunter has done already, 
I think speaks loudly enough for him. That's not a competition. It's more of a, all right, well, how are we going to build the offense mm. with, with this running back and with these running backs we have in the room? But I don't think that's a, a pecking order that has to be decided. That's already been decided. Quarterback is going to be interesting, though. I, I think, just like I, I think it's wide open. I don't think anything's been decided, and I am hoping that the best guy wins it. And I'm still interested to see who they're going to get because I, I said this from the jump. They're going to get somebody else. I, I have that feeling and that suspicion they're going to get somebody else no matter what it shakes out this spring. But kind of something that you said before, Mike, like what if what if one guy looks spectacular in the spring and they still go get this, go, yeah. go get somebody else, like which mm-hmm. is completely possible. <laughs> yeah. Um I'm 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 interested to see how it works out. I'm not there's no fear or worry or anything like that. Just interest and excitement that football is back. Yeah, look, listen, um, that viewing period was like, hey, guys, look, we got guys on scholarship. <laughs> yeah. Just in case you were wondering, <laughs> yeah. we still got football players at Auburn. Uh, Jarquez Hunter looks ready to go. All the running backs looked diesel. Yeah. Uh, so because we didn't see much in terms of, you know, it's like, I don't really want to see a guy hit a pad personally, you know, when I go out yeah. there to view practice. Um, so we didn't really see any one-on-ones. The most exciting thing we watched was the quarterbacks throwing to the receivers. Right. Right. So uh, Robbie Ashford and TJ Finley were in a group throwing next to each other. Mm-hmm. Holden Garner and Sawyer Pate were going after them. But again, they were throwing with each other. They were throwing simultaneously. So that's how they were running that drill that we watched. Right. Um, and we saw... Uh, Rivaldo Fairweather out there. We saw Nick Martiner. He will. He. I mean, I can't stress enough. I was impressed, Ike, by size, and it was. I was just thinking, man, when was the last time we had a receiver like this at Auburn? Yeah. Uh, Sammy close was Sammy Coates, maybe. I even how, how tall is Sammy? Coates? I, I think he was like six three, six four. He was out. He was actually out there, standing right next to us, watching. Uh, oh, Sammy uh, Coates was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, why did you just like, ask him? With, without his dreads? <laughs> I mean, he, he cut his hair. That's right, he cut his hair. Yeah, mm-hmm. I say yeah. like six three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Sammy's about six three. Yeah, I think Sammy just signed a deal with the XFL or something. Did he's he? going. To, he's, he's going to play one according to Google. Really? Yeah. Also, huh. yeah. So I was way off. Not even close. <laughs> Martner okay. has got mad height. Dude, uh, yeah, like he, I mean, he is, he's out there. I mean, his size was notable when he passed by us. I was like, good God, who is that? <laughs> right. And I looked at the back of the jersey and said, Nick Martiner. So, um, that's Brown, Brown is 6'3, according to this. Mm, yep. I think he's closer to 6'4. I think they understated him a little bit. Yeah, probably. But, uh, you know, he's, he's a tall kid as well, too. Um, we saw him out there looking impressive, catching passes. Uh, you know, so I want to I want to jump because it's not a lot to talk about in terms of what we saw. Like we saw it, <laughs> it was right. they were out there. Uh, the players were out there. Beautiful weather, by the way. Beautiful uh, day. Oh man, it was great to be out there. The practice facility is impressive. It is a significant step up from what they were using before. Uh, and you know, I've seen lots of that. So it was it was great to just be out there at the uh, performance uh, center. Just watching some football. But after, there was a press conference. And Hugh Freeze was asked a lot of questions. Among them, how are guys receiving feedback and how do you narrow down your competition during the spring? He responded, I have no plans of narrowing down anything. Everybody got the same reps today. We're not going to narrow anything down until the fall. So uh, I want to ask this question. Is it the right message to send 
to the players that nobody, there's nothing you can do to, to win the, the, the job during the spring. And was he talking more about quarterbacks when he answered that question than any other position? I don't think that's what he said, though. He said he wasn't going to narrow anybody's reps down, but that doesn't mean that you can't win the job. He's just saying, I'm going to evaluate everybody evenly and not. He said that he said that the races would go. He said that the races would go into the fall. He said, I don't think we're going to narrow anything down into the fall. Well, I mean, again, that doesn't mean that there's nothing that you can do to win the job. But to to your point, is that the right message to send? I think yes. That hey, listen, these 15 practices, that's not going to be enough for me to evaluate you guys fairly. So Mm -hmm. we're just going to give you as many opportunities as you can during these 15 practices and go out there and compete like hell. But it echoes what I think B has been saying and you've been saying for that matter, that post-spring, the competition is still on and likely somebody is going to still be brought in to continue to compete in this. We know Hank Brown's going to be coming in, but he's mm-hmm. not going to be a factor in this. Right. So, well, your Pate's there, but unless he goes out there and wows and then wins a scholarship, he's not going to be a factor in this. Right. Uh, so it likely means that they're going to be going to the portal to bring someone else in to compete. The question is, for me, with all of that, is that enough for the three guys that we have, really the two that have the option to stick around into the fall and say, hey, I'm not going to, when this job this spring is the uncertainty going to keep me here. Right. I don't right. know. Right. right. So that, that's, that's kind of where I was going with this question about, you know, the messages that's being sent here. Um, because we saw Demetrius Davis leave mid spring practice, right? He was like, I'm out. <laughs> I'm clearly yeah. not going to win it. I don't think they like me. Uh, you know, uh, coach Harson didn't invite me to the barbecue. Right. So he's not <laughs> invited to my cookout and he went to ASU. Now, um, if you had to make an estimation, Brian, right now, again, based on what we saw, we didn't see a lot, but if you had, if you were a betting man, which you are, uh, who's not going to get invited to the cookout at the end of spring? <laughs> what? 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 You define what the cookout is, please, in, so, uh, so I know what we talk about. The, the cookout is the QB finalist, right? The finalist, right. The finalist, okay. right, yeah. It means if you, if you didn't get invited to the cookout, you're transferring. So I'm asking you who's transferring. I'm just saying who's, who's, transferring? who's not, who's not going to get invited to the cookout. Who's going to say, because, you know, sometimes they say, hey, love you, but it's in your best interest to maybe seek other opportunities. Right. Right? Is there a chance that happens to Holden Garner this spring? Maybe. Um, I. The reason I don't think so. The only reason I don't think mm-hmm. so is because Holden is more a stereotypical um, quarterback than not, not more than TJ. I guess TJ technically is the, the most stereotypical quarterback, but it's just that TJ has already shown a propensity to turn the ball over. And even though Hugh Freeze can be wiping the slate clean, I think there has to be some hesitation with TJ, not necessarily, all right, not necessarily with Hugh Freeze, but with the locker room. And how does that affect anything and everything else? I I know Hugh Freeze mentioned several times, like, I wanted to recruit, and then we need to get the locker room right. I think he cares how players, how close the players are, how much they're bonding, also the behavior and the attitude of these players. And I think the person who wins the job has to have that going for them. That has to be working for them. Like all the other players have to be behind this guy. And not just because, oh, he's the quarterback, so that's the leader. Yeah, not really, though. Not really, though. And that's 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 an old adage that I kind of hate seeing. Well, the quarterback has to be a leader. Well, you know what? 
more than half of the time, he's not. He's just the guy with the ball in his hands a lot. So you want him to be a leader. Mm. But a lot of times, he's not. Would you call Kyler Murray a leader? No. He's just a starting quarterback in Arizona. I don't think he's a leader. He's got an attitude problem. In he's college, was he, though? And fought with a coach? Like, I, I'm talking about the, where he's at right now, which is some of the gripes about Kyler Murray. There have been plenty of places where guys go, I don't really like that guy. But in the NFL, they're getting paid, right? So they go, all right, whatever. I'm just going to shut right. up and play. In college, maybe not so much, but we may be seeing more of that where in college now, if how famous my name is can determine what my NIL can be, I need you to throw me the ball and be accurate about it. So how I feel about the quarterback as a as a wide receiver definitely is going to impact. Um, I want to say it's going to impact the choice, but I think the, the the coach can see it. The coach can see like, man, all right, he's missing these guys and they're getting kind of upset about this. I don't think that anybody who has a propensity to uh, sour his teammates on him or to miss opportunities that the coaches are giving them through game design and things like that is going to win the job. Mm -hmm. And there's only one guy who has done a little bit of both, and that's T.J. Finley. And that's why I have doubts that T.J. Finley will be primed to be the starter. Like, you can say it's wide open and just give guys reps, sure. But he's the only person who there has been question marks about him both on and off the field. Right. So that's why I say he's the most likely to be transferring after the spring. Uh, it is March 2nd, uh, 2023, the year of our Lord, 8.15 p.m. And that was an excellent point about, <laughs> about the receivers and NIL and the link between, hey, man, I can't get my bag if you can't throw me the ball accurate. Right. Right. How is this going to sour the relationships between some of these quarterbacks and their receivers? You know, and how hard is it going to be to maintain a team attitude when essentially NIL, like, listen, now, Hugh Freeze talked about creating entitlement before guys have achieved anything mm-hmm. with NIL. He mm-hmm. said that, would he say that in our interview, Ike? Uh, no, he talked about it in the post game, I mean, in the presser. Um, presser. For this, right. after the practice. Yes, he did. And he just, you know, so this is something that's on his mind, which tells me to some extent he is experiencing maybe a little bit of that right now with some of these guys. Right. I'm not saying who it is. I'm just telling you, you know, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And, right. you know, I have a hard time believing that he's bringing this up and he's not experiencing some diva syndrome coming from NIL with somebody on this team. Right. So, you know, when it comes down to it, uh, you know, I, I'm with you, B, on that one. I never looked at it from that perspective. but. Maybe, maybe uh, there is a team dynamic that he's trying to head off. Sounds a lot like what Harson was talking about when NIL came on the scene, does it not? Yeah. yeah. Right? I mean, it's, it's almost the same thing. Now, uh, the difference being, I feel like Auburn has what they're doing with NIL a lot more together now than what they did when Harson was here. Right. So there might be a more clear of a plan. But even to some extent, he said, man, listen, they're still, we're still figuring a lot of things out with how to manage this NIL thing. So, you know, spring is moving forward. You've got to manage NIL deals or whatever, right? Um, You've got to manage players. You've got to figure out more position races than a coach would probably want to in year one. You know, he's got a brand new O-line. Ike, what do you think, what is the most important thing that Hugh Freeze has to accomplish this spring with this roster? 
Uh, I think, well, the most important thing, that's a good question. I mean, the evaluation piece is going to be hard because they've got to evaluate a lot really quickly. 15 practices is not a lot to try to understand where people fit well within your scheme, which is why I think the new guys, honestly, you know, let's take quarterback and throw it aside because none of those guys are new. But like a lot of those new guys actually have better opportunities, in my opinion, to get starter reps because they were brought in by the staff with the thought process, you fit with what I want to do. Mm-hmm. It's going to be harder for a lot of the the, the more incumbent people mm-hmm. to make an impression because if I evaluated your tape from last year and I evaluated this guy's tape from last year and I said, he fits what I want to do, so let me bring him in, they're going to have the upper hand in my opinion. So it's mm-hmm. going to be, I think, for this to be successful for them, uh, it's something that you talked about when asking Coach Freeze the question about quarterbacks, um, and he responded with, you know, not cutting anybody reps. It's going to be the communication of what's the plan for me? Because that's the only way you're going to keep these young men engaged is they right. have a firm understanding of, hey, this is where I see you fitting into this grand scheme of things. We're going to try to get you in in these types of scenarios. Or, Honestly, right now, you're not going to be a starter for us, but I need you to be ready because I believe in your talent. Whatever that communication is, and then let those young men make their decisions based upon that. Uh, But if they figured out how to accurately communicate to them and their parents what the plan is for that young man, then they've achieved something this fall or this spring going into the summer because – that honestly was was a problem for the previous staff of people just understanding where do right. I stand in all of this. Uh, I uh, summarize all that in an email and send it to Hugh Freeze because you just answered the question <laughs> that he he didn't answer that part of my question. Uh, I said, "Hey man, talk to me about the feedback process and right. how these guys are going to get feedback in real time." Uh, he did a Texas two step to the side on that one uh, and went into you know something uh, vaguely related, but. You know, I, 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 this was a question we had for Harson, mm-hmm. and he did actually answer the question more directly about you know you know one on one meetings and and how they find out now. In our interview B with Chris Todd, he talked about what it was like winning the starting job, right? And how I mean, <laughs> I mean they did it with maximum drama. Chizik and, and, and Gus did <laughs> when they told him he was the uh, starting quarterback. And for those of you who hadn't heard this story, uh. Essentially, when they called them in one by one, but they were calling them in in the order that they were taking reps in practice. So he was like, "Shit, I'm going third. There's no way. Like, if you won the job, you're either call, you're either getting called in first or last. So they're breaking the news to everybody else, and then they're telling you you want it, or they're telling you want it, and they're breaking the news to everybody else. So when he got told he was the starting quarterback at Auburn University, Angel Song, I mean, he he was completely floored by that. And I just have a question about how is this coaching staff? We didn't get it. We didn't really get a a feel for this during the open session. I don't know right. if you did, B. You can answer this question if you did or didn't. But like about how they're going to teach. How are they going to teach and say, "Hey, come here. Let me show you something." It feels like we saw um, Montgomery working with the quarterbacks at one point, and it was mm-hmm. during the, when, uh, the handoffs to the running backs. I think. Yeah. During that drill. Uh, but I have questions about how they're going to teach. Like, what is your feeling about how this staff is going to teach the players? Say, hey, that was great, but here's what we need you to do better. And, you know, I mean, how is it, how are they going to get that feedback from the staff this spring? 
Yeah, I mean, we didn't get any sense of how that's going to work based on what we saw. I mean, Hugh Freeze wasn't even out there. Um, or at least he wasn't out there not during the, part of the field. Not yeah, during the 20-minute view. They yeah. they said there were people that said they saw him. I didn't see him. Yeah, I but, didn't see like, him. Yeah, but but we it, were very focused on a very small part of the right. film, like a quarter of the open space. So, yeah, the, what, I, what I get the feeling of, and we got to tour, Ike and I got to tour the facility, so we saw this. And Mike, I'm pretty sure they could do a tour, but you need to see this part, too. They have... <laughs> um, devices and apparatuses in there that let every everywhere a player can go, they can be recorded. And that is, if you're doing drills, there's actually a machine that lets you, and they showed us this, you can stand inside the machine and go through your motion and it will scan you. Mm -hmm. And it will tell you, all right, you're leaning too far this way. And then the coach can see that. And this allows the coaches to coach without actually spending hands on time with the players. Mm. They can say, all right, here's what you're going to do. You got your your uh, your workout plan for what you need to be maintaining after the spring or how you need to be building after the spring. Now I need you to go in there, do this many reps of this. Mm -hmm. Go throw with some wide receivers. You and, and uh, Marcus Davis is going to take some of the, the wide receivers and y'all can go do that. Uh, well, not Marcus Davis. He can't work with them after the uh, spring either. But you can then organize, tell them to do some stuff. Tell them to go go to the machine. I want to see how your form has changed. If you're, if you're going to throw mm -hmm. this many times in a week, then I think, what don't they get like a couple hours to to talk to the players in the offseason when it's not actually like in season? Yeah, in yeah, yeah. They, they do have meetings. They do have meetings. Right. Right, yeah. They have meetings weekly. So what this, what this facility enables you to do is have the players work on things you tell them to do, mm. see it later because it's all being recorded digitally and in video. And then when you finally get to meet with them, like, all right, I went through your hundred throws. All right, here's what I liked. Here's what I didn't like. Let's talk about this. And here's how you need to change this. Mm, coaching There's, without coaching. You can coach without coaching because you just can't be out there with them in pads and blowing a whistle and yelling at them anymore. Cool, but you can do it on your own. And this now measures how committed the players are to improving because you can say, yeah, I went in there and worked out. Yeah, but I, I, I would have saw you if you worked out. You ain't coming here. Mm. <laughs> Where were you? All right, you were supposed to be... Uh, That's cap. You were here. Yeah. <laughs> you can see everything, man. They got the the, the workout machines, got video recording and, and metrics and your body temperature and all this. Listen, we know what you're doing. So, so you're Mike, saying director of video surveillance is now a new position with Auburn football. I want that job. Hey, it's, <laughs> I can just sit it's, around it's, and it's something. I don't know what it's called, but it's hey, something. You're going to yeah. be the feds to the players. You don't want that job. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you're you going to be the narc. Nah, I don't want that. <laughs> For real. But I know that now... And it's, you, you made a good point, Mike. Like, all right, you figure the starter was going to be getting these one-on-one -on -one instructions with the QB coach and the OC at the very least, right? Because mm -hmm. Kent Austin, like, he's a QB yeah. guy, right? Him and yeah, Philip Montgomery were out there together. Right. You know, Hugh Freeze noted, these guys are helping me be more of a CEO. Than right. a, yeah, so that was a note he made. Go ahead, yeah. I'm sorry. And and that's that's fantastic, but... If you have a guy who's the guy, and, and I understand what you mean about, like, I'm worried because if there's no starter in the spring or out of the spring, then who's getting the folks' attention? Because that's the guy who we need to be giving the most tutelage to. That's the, the guy who needs to be getting the most, all right, now let's run through some plays. I guess all of them need to do it, but eventually you got to settle in on a guy, and he's going to get an advantage of having more snaps. More snaps with the starting running backs and the starting wide receivers and behind the starting O-line. And that guy is going to get an advantage once that starts. But until then, how are you divvying that up? So right. there, there, it's a good question. It's a good question. I don't think they have to tell us. They just have to pick the right guy. Like that, 
that is their their job is between now and the first game of the season, whoever you do end up giving all that those you know priority snaps to and attention to, mm. make sure it's the right guy. That's that's right. what they got to do. I'm so intrigued by this quarterback race because I think a lot of people assumed Robbie Ashford was the prototypical quarterback for a Hugh Free system, which I think that's not a bad assumption. Um, but uh, he has mentioned T.J. Finley's name at every turn. T.J. Finley is here. He's practicing. He's out there. Ike, talk T.J. Finley to me right now and, and how he factors into this quarterback race. I've been trying. I've been trying to warn people that this was a possibility for weeks, man. I I don't I don't know why people assume that I would get on here and say that if I didn't actually think that it was a possibility. T.J. Finley will have a shot at this job. Because of a lot of the stuff that he's just will, this is going to sound like I'm bagging on TJ. I probably shouldn't even say it because somebody's going to take it the wrong way. But I'm going to say it anyway because it makes a lot of sense. TJ Finley is a teacher's pet. He is the guy that's in the classroom, and he's going to be raising his hand because mm-hmm. he knows the answer, and he's going to volunteer. Hey, you know, I, I no, I got it, Coach. I, he's going to be the guy that's out there doing all of the stuff that the coaches want to see. He's the politician. He's going to say the stuff. He's going to look the part. He's going to get everybody together and he's going to know the. And he's a, listen, he's a smart kid. He, he understands is. how to. This system is very similar to what he learned when he came in as a freshman at LSU. So it's not something that he's unfamiliar with. He's not learning from scratch mm-hmm. like some of the other folks are. So he already he has a little bit of a head, head start. In, in the rudiments of what the system is supposed to be as far as the number system and the mm-hmm. route tree, right? Mm-hmm. He's got a freaking amazing arm. Mm-hmm. He can throw all, he can throw every route that you can imagine out there on the field. So he's going to look great in practice and he's going to look the part in the freaking press conference and he's going to look the part in the huddle. He's going to show up looking like a starting quarterback. All right. Mm-hmm. And if you only have 15 practice to, practices to evaluate this, he's going to shine in those 15 practices. The question is going to be when the scrimmages start. The there question go. is going to be when game time happens. Mm-hmm. Right. Who's going to show up to that game? So far, the guy that's in practice killing it has not been the guy that's been showing up in the games. And right. the question for this staff is going to be, how do I evaluate whether or not we've got a practice warrior or a game time superhero. Right. TJ has not been a game time superhero except for one time that I've seen. Yeah. In an Auburn uniform. Right. And that was in rescue duty against Georgia State. Yeah. Outside of that, he's been good and then he's been terrible, right? Like there's very there's very little in between. And what you've seen as far as performance from TJ Finley, it's been, wow, that's a great throw. Wow, that's a good read. Oh my goodness, that's a that's that's amazing right there. He got everybody where they were supposed to be. And then it was like, what? What what? Yeah. Are you for real? What was right. that? Uh Ike, let's stick right here for a second and then B, I want you to chime in on this too. But Ike, I want you to finish complete this thought. Right. Hugh Freeze has has been put on record as saying that. It's really hard to evaluate some of these quarterbacks' tapes when they're running for their life and the Mm O-line is not very good. How much of a reprieve does that give the coaches when they're asking themselves how much of this practice guy translates to the game on Saturday? Um, I think it's going to give a little bit of a reprieve, which is why I think he's got an opportunity to 
to win the job because they're saying to themselves, well, you know, yeah, of course, Robbie looked better for this offense because nobody's getting blocked for. So you have to have the athletic guy out there. We get a better offensive line. Mm -hmm. Now it's not about who can scramble out of pressure the best. It's about who can make the best decisions with the football. Right. Right. Um, Or is Robbie scrambling so much a symptom of poor offensive line play or can he stand in this pocket and make the decisions? I don't know the answer to that. Great. Everybody's got a clean slate. But with everybody having a clean slate, the guy who shows up early and the guy who looks polished and the guy who's got the amazing arm is going to have the upper hand initially, right? But when them scrimmages start, it's going to look different. And when the picks start coming up, you know, listen, I'll take a guy who is who has a lower completion percentage over a guy who's going to throw it to the other team. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Right. That's, we, that's we, very We true. live for another down with an incomplete pass. Right. That's fact. That's fact. Um, so, so be sticking with this topic, talking about the guy who will essentially protect the football during the game. You know, make your mistakes, but make good mistakes. You know what I mean? If you ever watch golf, they'll be like, that was a good miss, right? He missed it, but it was a good miss, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a quarterback with good misses. Uh, right. You know, you know it, how hard is it going to be, though, if you are not that guy in practice what the good makes. And let's say, let's just talk uh, start of the season scenarios. How entrenched do you think Hugh Freeze's starter is going to be? And how Mm. soon will he pull the plug if it's not going the way he thinks it should be going? Mm. That's a good question because my my only recollection of, of Hugh Freeze was the two years of Bo Wallace, the one, two years of Chad Kelly. And that's it. And I don't think either one of those years, I don't know what he did before. I don't know when he started at Ole Miss. I don't know if he was there after 2016. I think the 2016 offseason was when all of the drama started and uh, things got rough for him. But I don't I don't remember him pulling guys to play other guys. And Bo Wallace wasn't great when he first got there, but it was Ole Miss and they were bad. So I don't know that he had better options than Bo Wallace either. So mm-hmm. here, it, it really comes down to how good is any option that's on our bench. And if we're in a situation where the options are all kind of neck and neck, different strengths, different weaknesses, but we expect the production or, or the win total to be the same no matter who we put out there, then maybe he spits it. You know, we we kind of gave, we rightfully gave Gus hell for all four of those QBs in 2016. Mm-hmm. And then we gave Harson hell for, for switching out quarterbacks. Well, not we necessarily, but I don't think either time was an issue with, well, I just want to see what this one could do. No, the, the problem is no one is actually just good enough to be the guy. So I got to do a little bit of something with each one of these people. Right. That's it. That's what it comes down to. Now, if we're in that situation, we might see multiple guys because you have your doubts. You can say, all right, I'm going to put you out there and this is what I want you to do. If you do anything different, you're going to come sit down because you're going to don't do something I, I told you not to do. Mm. Because I don't believe that it's going to get better if I leave you in there. Mm. Now, we 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 talked about that with Bo, right? When we were like, hey, man, just pull him because it's a bad game, whether it was Texas A&M or, yeah. or Georgia State. When he got set, when down. he didn't. Yeah, it's like, and B-Will is, uh, is a firm believer. Hey, man, you ain't got it. Come on. Come on. A uh, $100 million pitcher can get pulled in the third inning. He will be back out there in five days. But today, you sit down, son. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Now, what does Hugh Freeze think? Does he really get close enough 
with with one player where he feels like, no, I think you get it. And even if it's a little rough, I'm a rat with you. What does it take for him to get there? I don't think it's just about what he shows on the field. I think it's about, and he's mentioned it a lot, locker room, off the field. What's your attitude? What's your presence like? Because right. that lets the, the coaches put trust in you. Mm-hmm. If, number one, you're going to do what I ask you to do on the field, even if it's, you know, take a little change and don't go for that dollar over the top because you're going to turn the ball over. So you know what? Just be safe with the ball. Like, I think... Doesn't any coach love a player who just, you know what, just take a little bit, don't do too much, don't get shaky, trust your coverage, do what I tell you to do. So even if we don't, you know, hit a, we're not going for touchdowns every drive, we're not turning the ball over, we're not having a bunch of negative plays, I can Mm. live with you because I can trust you. And you go for that guy over the guy who's all the potential, but he's also all the risk. I think there has to be on the field trust, but there also has to be off the field trust. And again, I'm alluded to that with, what happens with T.J. Finley? We have to see some maturity, and he has actually said that uh, that room has to grow up a lot, which is another reason I believe he's going to get he's going somebody to else. Like, going to the he seems to be like, yeah, this is who I got. We'll see. He's, yeah. He seems very noncommittal. Okay. And to me, that says anybody can get benched. Anybody can get a few reps, but he's going to go get guys who are his Guys, and not one soul in that room right now is his guy. Well, hey, listen, um, I I do agree that these aren't his guys. Let's go to the comments here and see what you guys are saying in the chat. Uh, Oda Smith with the super chat. Thank you for this. Uh, look, you blow a 17-point lead. It's awful. Now on to football. Uh, <laughs> where mark my words, we will compete for the West War damn eagle. Hey, we know a guy who you'll get along with with this attitude. My name about, about football. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, nah, he didn't go national championship. Not he. He's he didn't he's go, go right. He's undefeated and national championship. Imani is you're 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 getting there. Okay, all right. Listen, yeah. this is Little the oldest Smith show. Be there. TBE. I strongly dislike Gumps. I think something we can all to agree with. My, uh, uh, just love that. Um, and then he comes back to correct it. <laughs> Uh, but also, I love the format freeze once for a day. Best 11 on 11 gets it. Enough of this. Ones on twos. BS. Yes, I have never agreed more with any statement, baby. Ones on ones. If you want to see what your team's got, you put best against best. Yeah. None of this ones versus the threes stuff that we've been seeing. I, I like the disgust that he had for the idea. He was like, yeah, everybody gets out there and they feel real good because you put up a bunch of points. But what does that tell you? Like, what does that tell like, you? Right. He's like, yeah. that's that's stupid to me. It's and stupid. I was like, yes, coach. Yes, we've been saying that on the war that. report for years. Yeah. <laughs> right? Since the Gus, days of Gus, we've been saying, this is dumb. You don't know what you have. This is why <laughs> we flop against good teams. Yeah. They don't play anybody good until they get on the field on Saturday. So, Oda, we agree with this. Definitely want to see this happen. Ones versus ones. Uh, I say our current wide receiver room reminds, reminds me of a classic SoCal wide receiver room, and I love it. Mm, okay. That's high praise. It is. They have some good wide receiver rooms in those mm-hmm. classic days of Southern California. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, really love seeing my guy Dustin Smith in here. Can we expect Aniche Sledge to get some run this God, year? Good so. stuff with Zacoby, guys. If you haven't seen our Zacoby McLean interview at Deep, debuted today. Go yep. watch it. We had a lot of fun with him, myself, Ike Jones. But uh, Eniche Sledge, thoughts on this? Quick thoughts on this, guys. Listen, from from the physical makeup, the young man's a beast. 
And uh, I would like to see that beast unleashed on SEC offensive lines uh, for mm-hmm. the next couple of years. So okay. I do hope that he gets an opportunity. That's a tough room, though, man. Like, you look at yeah. the guys that they brought in between Justin Roberts and Lawrence Jackson and Nasil Kite and— um, you know, you still got Jeffrey Emba there. You still got Marcus Harris there. You still got Jason Jones there. Like, that's a tough room to get reps in. But if they're rotating properly, listen, he's already burned his red shirt. Let him go out there and bust some heads, man. Right. right.